Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to Casual Friday. I'm Holly Fry. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. Uh, so Tracy, I am, always feel spoiled when I get to talk to people from the History Center because mm-hmm. I love that whole staff. Um, and Sheffield and Michael were both super fun to talk to. It was interesting because uh, Sheffield, you know, really was so frank with me about, you know, the the hardest parts of this whole thing, which for the History Center are, are financial. You know, the, this whole thing happened when places like the History Center and other museums, like right in the window where they're normally booking a wedding every weekend or a special event every weekend. And none of those things can happen. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he mentioned also that they're having to, like, move around their fundraising gala and hopefully it will still happen. And that's one of those things that um, I hadn't given a whole lot of thought. There are so many things that we have all been juggling in our brains when we were just dealing with coronavirus and now... Uh, with all of the the protests and upheaval and fights for equality that are going on as a, a consequence of George Floyd's murder and Breonna's murder, um, that it's hard to keep in mind all of the facets of these things. And so uh, it just made me think about my role and what I can do to make sure like that I am prioritizing you know, donations to museums that I would normally be donating to anyway, but like, this is not a year where I can go, oh, I forgot that envelope and didn't get it done or whatever. Yeah. Especially when it is places like, I really love the History Center because their mission is so much about being for everyone to connect to the community and history and and our our city and what it has been through and what it goes through and what all of this means to each of us, both as a group and individually. So... Uh, if you similarly have a, a museum or a history center or some other facility in your town that you really love and you have the means, obviously, um, I know this has been a financially hard time for a lot of people. But if you can, you know, think about those places, too, when you're when you're allocating your funds that you would normally give to charity in any given year. But I liked making sure that all of the animals are taken care of (laughs) at the History Center. Because I really was. He mentioned it before I even brought it up to him. But I was like, the goats and the sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm glad they had a very, very carefully developed system to make sure all of those animals were cared for. While humans did not come in contact with one another, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, And then Michael's insights about just how what we see as mundane will become very, very important pieces of this story in the future. Once again, it gives you that moment to reflect on our own lives and and what we value, what we think of as valuable and what we don't think of as valuable. Uh, Because as he mentioned, artifacts from 1918 and that pandemic are hard to come by because people thought of them as disposable. They weren't thinking about them as historically significant. So it's it's an uh, important thing, I think, that they're making people think about the fact, like, no, like, those weird hand sanitizer bottles, those are historically significant because it was a defining element of this time of our lives. It makes me look at everything I touch in a new way now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. is, is this Diet Coke bottle historically significant? Is this sneaker historically significant? Uh, yeah. Um, it. I, we alluded to this a little bit, um, and we have alluded to it a little in other episodes, but it, like, it feels kind of 
weird to still be talking about the pandemic when, um, like, the news cycle has moved on and people's attention has moved on to the social justice and and racism and protests and all of that. And I am starting to see... Um, maybe not to the same extent as has been the case with the pandemic, but uh, starting to see efforts to do things like collect the protest signs, yeah, um, and collect the flyers that people are distributing, and like that collecting objects that are related to uh, the protests of being going on, because it's clear that this also uh, is a historical moment happening at the same time as the pandemic that's still ongoing, even though it really feels like a lot of people have mentally moved on from it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there are plenty of places where numbers are going back up, so Mm -hmm. everyone continue to stay safe. I'm glad you brought that up because it's one of the things I want to... um, I mean, I'm confident the History Center is doing something similar uh, with that. They posted a little uh, short blog about it and and their thoughts and kind of the official statement about what's going on, but it didn't detail whether or not they're doing, um, how they're handling collecting artifacts. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they are because they're, they are so aware of, of big events in our, our evolving history that they're usually pretty on top of making sure that they collect such things. So I'm curious what they are amassing in their collections. And we'll find out eventually, I imagine. So this week we talked about James Baldwin. Indeed we did. I don't often get to the end of writing an episode and feel like I I still don't know if I did this person justice. <laughs> but I feel that way about James Baldwin. Um, I think that's valid. I mean, he was a, a lot of person and a prolific writer, and it's hard to encapsulate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as I was working uh, on this... I uh, I did a thing that I do sometimes, which is like look at the library wait lists for things, um, because as when I learned to check things out from libraries digitally, that was incredibly revolutionary to my ability to get books more often. And then especially with the pandemic, where the physical library locations, um, as of when we're recording this in Massachusetts, are still closed, <laughs> and it was like fire next time, twenty two week waiting list. Yeah. So uh, I am glad there are so many people that are um, focused on uh, checking out and then hopefully also reading and engaging with and uh, and experiencing these works and thinking about them. Um, I saw a tweet from a library somewhere that was like, just remember, checking it out is just the first step. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It, in some ways, it's cool to me and in other ways it's heartbreaking to me that the stuff he was writing decades ago is still provocative and uh thought-provoking now Mm -hmm. like you would hope that we would have moved further in terms of development as a society but uh have not and we need his words again desperately well and it's like the conversation with with robert f kennedy Mm -hmm. like that exact conversation is just playing out still again and again and again Yep. among uh you know uh, among particularly um black people but also other like disabled people and um and indigenous people like trying to explain what they are actually facing in their lives and how systemic it is and how huge it is um and then the the people on the receiving end who are coming from a more privileged place and are not personally experiencing all those things being like but my ancestors were from Ireland like yeah 
it's just it's just not the same thing. And no. um, and so yeah, it's it's uh, reading about that being like the a very very similar conversation to conversations that are still happening over and over and over everywhere today. A little frustrating. It is. Uh, I I will make the confession that we stopped a lot because I cried throughout this whole episode. <laughs> well, and I um uh, often when I'm working on on episodes, I will have a sense of what's going to feel really emotional to one or both of us, and um and, and this was not one where I for whatever reason predicted uh the emotional response component. Yeah, I mean he's um he's he's just one of those people for me. If if you are not really familiar with James Baldwin and you just want to get, kind of get a sense of it, um, there is a, a video of him on YouTube on the Dick Cavett show where <laughs> Dick Cavett brings out a, a guy who I confess, I don't know who he is, but like a, a white philosopher um, to kind of argue with James Baldwin. And he just lays out in very clear, specific, but also accessible terminology like what it means to be a black man in America and what he's talking about. And I, I've seen that video float around periodically, especially over the last uh, few weeks as, I mean, few weeks as of when this episode is coming out. Yeah. Um, in, in response to the uh, to the widespread demonstrations that have been taking place all around the United States. So yeah, that's like, uh, if you need kind of an introduction to what James Baldwin was, was about, aside from what we just talked about this week for 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, that is one place to get a, a glimpse of it. There is also a really uh, amazing video that also floats around a bit um, that is James Baldwin's debate speech against William F. Buckley in 1965. Oh, yeah. I didn't even put that in the episode. Why didn't I? I don't know. Um, and it, it's interesting. I don't remember the circumstances. I know I saw that for some reason, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Because there was one line from it that I misquoted slightly for years. Um, And then in 2015, there was a person that transcribed the whole thing, and it also started circulating again, and I was able to get it right. And it was just, it's, it's one of dozens of really, you know, just poignant, straightforward commentaries on what it is to grow up Black in America but the thing that got me, and I may or may not cry trying to say this quote, um, is him talking about the realization that you can love the United States and it doesn't love you back. Oh, yeah. Um, I won't even do the quote. Maybe I'll do the quote. Uh, I will try to do the quote. He says, it comes as a great shock around the age of five, six, or seven to discover that the flag to which you have pledged allegiance, along with everybody else, has not pledged allegiance to you. And, like, to me, that was one of those things that when I heard it as a kid was, like, a slap in the face of, like, what do you mean? Like, we all stand here and do this. It's for all of us. And it was not for all of us. And that's the first time I really remember thinking about that issue. Yeah. Yeah. So there is just a wealth of material by James Baldwin, if you are interested in learning more. And also a wealth of material about James Baldwin. (laughs) Like, there are uh, multiple biographies and articles and... um, the like I said in the in the episode, um, the the Tony Morrison's tribute to him is gorgeous. I mean, other other things that were uh, printed from um, eulogies and, and addresses at his funeral are are really beautiful. But that one in particular struck me a lot. Um, so if you'd like to send us a note about anything, we're at history podcast at iheartradio.com. 
We're all over social media at Missed in History, and you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, anywhere else to get your podcast. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.